So this morning, choose to grow through your discomfort. <laughs> Deacons, unbeknownst to Moses, his life was providentially spared as an infant. And he spent his first 40 years in the courts of Pharaoh's daughter, where he was able to learn legal, administrative, and literary skills that would be useful to him as Israel's leader and lawgiver. And Stephen, while raised in an Egyptian palace, Moses was raised still by his mother, who introduced him to the God of Israel. And although he enjoyed the privileges of the Egyptian royal court, he never forgot that he was an Israelite. He remembered it so much so that when he saw a fellow Hebrew being abused, he came to his rescue. Y'all know the story. And he slayed an Egyptian official in the process. And let me pause here for a second because, you know, in theology, black people are normally compared to the Israelites. And I wonder if you or I were raised by the oppressor, lived with the oppressor, trained by the oppressor, taken care of by the oppressor, whether you or I would come to the rescue of our own. And my brothers and sisters, maybe that is why we are seeing so much regression in the gains we have made in civil rights, the gains that we have made in college admissions, the gains that we have made in employment. Maybe it is because those like Clarence Thomas and those who participated in the infamous meeting of black preachers with Trump who were not trained, who did not live in Trump Tower, but who was fed by Trump and his conservative colleagues a small token like free tuition for their nephew, private trips, tickets to sports events, and a meeting at the White House took on the habits and views of the oppressor even though they looked like the oppressed. And, and, and so Moses, that was just a pause. So Moses, with what appeared to be an unwise and impulsive decision, though heroic, forced him into exile in Midian. It forced him from comfort into discomfort. So he spent the next 40 years in Midian living as a shepherd. He was married to Zipporah, the daughter of Jethro, a Midianite priest. Providentially, but unknown to Moses, God was preparing Moses in Midian to, pre, to, to free the Israelites who was in bondage to the Egyptians. You see, my dearly beloved, the providence of God is a powerful thing. So the question really is, what is providence? And John Piper says, it is God seeing to everything, absolutely everything that needs to be done to bring about his purposes. In other words, God sees to it that it happens. In Isaiah 46 and 10, he says, I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish all my purpose. You see, it is God seeing to it. It is God providing. It is God seeing that everything works together for the goals that God has for the world. And in his sovereignty, it is his right and his power to do all that he decides to do. He does not have to consult with you. He does not have to consult with me. He does not ask you for your opinion. He just does it. 
I know I said something right there. He just does it. So in the text before us, God remembers the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he now comes to fulfill his pledge of deliverance to his people. And, and now Moses finds himself on Mount Horab or Mount Sinai, tending sheep. For 40 years, he has been tending sheep for his father-in-law Jethro. For 40 years, his memory of Egypt has pursued him. For 40 years, God has protected him. For 40 years, God has provided for him. For 40 years, God has watched over him. And for 40 years, Moses has lived a comfortable life tending sheep. But because of God's providence and sovereignty, comfort was never to be the final plan for Moses' life. He may have thought it was comfort, but God had another plan. As a child of God, comfort on this earth was not his final destination. And so Moses on Mount Horab, he sees a burning bush. And, and y'all know the story, but, but the bush that he saw was not burning up. It was not being consumed by the fire. Is that right? So, so Moses, because it is not being consumed, is attracted to it, and he goes to it, and God calls to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. And Moses' comfort has been interrupted. And in society today, today comfort is advertised as a goal of living a life of longevity. The longer you live, the more comfortable you ought to be. The more money you make, the more comfortable you ought to be. The longer you have been leading an organization, the more comfortable you ought to be. The longer you've been married, then the more comfortable you ought to be. The longer you have been working, the more comfortable you ought to be. The older you get as a child, the more comfortable life ought to be. But don't get me wrong. When you work hard and live a disciplined life, there should be some comforts in your life. But don't let comfort become the goal in our lives to the point that it impacts our faith as a believer. And my brothers and sisters, all I'm saying is that when you get comfort, don't let comfort become your God. In fact, comfort has led some of us to complacency and stagnation in our faith. And so in my barely beloved, many of us have been around a long time. Some of us have been around for 10 years. Some of us have been around for 14 years. Some of us have been around for 40 years. Some of us have been around for 50 years. Some of us have been around for 70 years. And some of us have been around for more than 80 years. But I have come here this morning to remind you that I don't care how long you've been where you are. That I don't care how long you've been doing what you are doing. And I don't care how long you've been doing something the same way. Comfort is not your friend. And saying no to everything that challenges your comfort is not the spiritual answer that God would have us to say. 
Because Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up the cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. That, that, that's what the scripture says. And if my brothers and sisters, if you are a child of God, then saying yes to his will and yes to his way will sometimes make you uncomfortable. Make you uncomfortable. Y'all looking at me like I ain't preaching this morning. If I had Jason here this morning, I'd at least have a hand raised. If Jason was here, uh, Jason would stand up and say, hey, that's all I need. Or if R.L. was here, R.L. would throw up her hand in the back. But y'all mighty quiet this morning. So either God is speaking to you or you needed this word. You've been needing this word for a long time. So, so in verse 9, 7 through 9, God explains to Moses that he has seen the misery and heard the cry of his people because of the slave drivers. And he is now concerned about their suffering. And in verse 10, God tells Moses to go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And at this point in the scripture, as I was reading, and it said that I was wondering, where has the all-knowing and all-wise God been all this time? His people have been suffering, crying, and been in misery for a long time. Some people say 200 plus years. Some people say 400 years. So in those 200 or 400 years, where was God? Well, my brothers and sisters, I don't have an answer for you. But what I can tell you, the only answer I can find is that he was being God. <laughs> is that he was being God. Amen. Amen. And so, so sometimes in life, all we can need to know is that he is God and that he is being God even though we feel all alone. We may not think he is in the midst of our trials. We may not think that he is in the midst of our tribulations. And we may think that he does not hear our prayers. But all we need to remember is that even when he is quiet, he is being God. And, and the great thing about it is that he may be delayed, but he does not deny Amen. So my brothers, just look at the person that says the delay is not denial. And I don't know about you, but I'm glad about it. That delay is not denial. Amen. And so anybody here been waiting on God for a blessing for a long time? My brothers and sisters, where well, there's good news for you, hang in there because delay is not denial. Well, how do you know, preacher? I looked through the scriptures and Mary and Martha were hurting because Lazarus had died. They ran when they saw Jesus coming and all his, they went on his shoulder and cried. Jesus said, show me where you laid him. And Jesus walked in and Mary and Martha thought it was too late. And God said, come forth. And what? Lazarus did what? He came forth. So God's delay is not a deny. There were, and you know, and there was another, another situation where there was a woman with an issue of blood. She spent all her money and no help could be found. But one day she heard Jesus would be passing by and she went out to find him and she reached out in faith and was healed that day. Delay is not deny. Dr. Norris would say, when it seems that you can't stand, just hold on to God's unchanging hand. Yeah, weeping may endure for one night, but joy will come in the morning. Hold on. He's on his way. 
I wish I had a witness in here who held on to him when it got dark in your life and God walked up and said, here, I know you've been waiting on me. I know you didn't think I'd ever show up, but guess what? My delay is not your denial. I'm here to bless you right now in this very moment. So young people, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Because delay is not denial. I got to get out y'all way. So, so God called Moses to bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And Moses' response is found in verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt. And in this verse, it was apparent that Moses was questioning his abilities to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. And my dearly beloved of the gospel, we sometimes question our abilities because we truly don't feel qualified to respond to the call of God. But also let me suggest to you that sometimes we don't feel qualified to respond to the call of God because we have gotten comfortable with our position in life. We have gotten comfortable with our position in leadership. We have gotten comfortable with our way of life and the discomfort that the call of God causes within us causes us to make excuses because we don't want to move from our comfortable position to the call of God that comes in our life. In other words, we make excuses because our comfort makes us feel inadequate. Our discomfort has caused our faith to stagnate and complain rather than causing us to say yes to his will and yes to his way. We, just like Moses, start our response to his call with, we are not adequate. But I'm glad that when my comfort causes my faith to stagnate, and God's call gives me discomfort, that God always has an answer to my discomfort that helps me to choose growth over stagnation. So look at verse 12, and this is it. Look at verse 12. And God said, I will be with you. <laughs> and God said, in response to Moses' statement that I will be with you. Because Moses, in the midst of his discomfort, chose to grow in faith. You know the story. Moses went on to lead the Israelites out of Egypt because I will be with you was with him. Amen. Moses did not let his inabilities or weaknesses define him. He may have had a list. He may have had problems talking. He may not have been able to talk well. He may have been uncomfortable. But with the help of I will be with you, he did mighty things for the kingdom of God. And there are many in the Bible that God used to great th do great things in his kingdom who chose to grow through their discomfort when God, God called. You see, Peter was just a fisherman. David was just a little freckle-faced shepherd boy. Joseph was just the youngest in his family. 
Esther was just a young girl. Matthew was just a tax collector. Mary was just a peasant girl. Jesus was a carpenter's son, but they all chose to grow when faced with discomfort and experienced a spiritual breakthrough because of the fact that they chose to grow. And my brothers and sisters and my young people, as I take my seat, that means I'm getting ready to sit down. You may get some discomfort when God calls you, calls you, but remember that if God calls you, he will be with you. Like Moses, step out of your comfort zone. Like Moses, choose growth over comfort. Like Moses, say yes to his will and yes to his way. Like Moses, then you will experience a spiritual breakthrough. And my brothers and sisters, if we know anything about the Christian history, that the very thing that brought us to where we are, Jesus himself willingly embraced discomfort to accomplish his mission didn't he he was led in the desert fasted for 40 days and night faced temptations from the devil and despite extreme physical discomfort he remained steadfast to god's will and resisted temptation and on the cross and black you know baptist people ought to get happy then and on the cross he embraced the unimaginable physical pain he embraced the unimaginable humiliation he embraced the unimaginable suffering on the cross he chose to endure out of love for humanity offering himself as a love sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sins oh i wish i had about two or three of you all who can just stand up and worship christ for what he did back on Calvary, amen, and, and even in the midst of his discomfort, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will be done, but thy will be done. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I wish I had about two or three of you in this place this morning or out in our digital world that, that can agree with me that you may feel discomfort when God calls you and in the midst of your discomfort, but in the end, the only comfort that matters is the comfort that God gives you. Amen. And because God is with us, we can trust his word. Amen. Have, you know, look at his word. He said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I'm about to sit down, but he says in Psalm 23 and 4, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they what? He said in John 14 and 2, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. But in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will make straight your paths. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, whatever comes at you, to the young people in this church, whatever comes at you, wherever you go, I know your parents are always trying to help you be comfortable. Comfort is not your destination. If comfort was a person's destination, then we wouldn't have the creativity that we have today. Amen? Comfort is not your destination. To the young people, whenever you get to your high school, whenever you go to college, whatever it is that God calls you to do, 
Tell your parents, but parents, be supportive. Be supportive. I have done some things that if I'd have told my mama, she would have said, boy, you need to come home. I started the NAACP chapter on the campus of UNC Wilmington. And if you all know anything about the time I was at UNC Wilmington, that was a tough time. And we were called to start the NAACP chapter. And all hell break loose. But you know what? I may have been uncomfortable for a little while, but I chose to work through the discomfort. As a, and as a result of God working through me through the discomfort, the chapter got established. Amen. And, and, and not only did that chapter get established, but I established one in East Carolina. I went everywhere establishing them. Because I said, yes, he was with me. And too many of us, too many of us teach our kids, teach our kids to take the safe, comfortable route when you need to let your child go in the direction that God has called them to do. If you're an accountant, God didn't call you, may not have called your child to be an accountant. If you're a computer guy, God may not have called your child to be a computer guy. If you're a lawyer like me, God may not have called your child to be a lawyer. You know, we tell our kids, be what it is you want to be. But whatever it is, you be the best you can be. Because I don't know what God's telling you. I don't have a clue what God is telling you to do in your life. But whatever it is, you pursue it. You pursue it like there's no tomorrow. And you do all that you can. And if you need our help, you call us. And so, my brothers and sisters, may God be with you. Until we meet again, choose spiritual growth in the midst of your discomfort. Choose spiritual growth through challenging circumstances. May God bless you. We know that you have been blessed through the hearing of God's word on this day. We invite you to join us at New Providence Missionary Baptist Church, located at 4813 Hilltop Needmore Road, Fuquay, Varina, North Carolina. For more information, you can contact our ministry at 919-552-3531 or visit our website at www.NewProvidenceBaptist.com. Thank you for joining us and be blessed.